I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Copy Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Cop Podcast. It is Mick and Christian once again to get stuck into the Bournemouth reaction show. Liverpool 3, Bournemouth 1 opened up our Anfield account in Premier League, second game of the season with a bit of a mad win. Started off horrifically, but we, we got back into the game and that's a, a very good sign considering large part of last season where we crumbled conceding the first goal and luckily we didn't this time. But before we get into it, all of it, Christian, how are you doing, lad? Good. We got the first game uh, done and dusted at Anfield. Uh, like you said, obviously it started off a bit weird uh, and in a sense that, you know, made you think about last season. But we got back into it, turned it around and got the three points, which was the important thing. So uh, I'm all good and, you know, looking forward to just see the, the the Premier League go in in the next games and all that. So now we've got the points from Bournemouth and we got the points from Chelsea. So Good start, in my opinion, in terms of you know the games that we've seen so far. Yeah, definitely. Like we're we're fourth in the league. Arsenal win last night obviously pushed us down a little bit, but like you said, four from two, and one of them was Chelsea. Uh, isn't isn't too bad going into Newcastle on Sunday, which would be a tasty affair as well. But like, like we said on the preview, like to get the three points in this was would be a good stepping stone going into that one and that's what we did which is which is good but let, let's get stuck into the game a little bit more because like I said there was a lot of a lot of good parts but there were some bad parts as well and and the bad parts kind of happened <laughs> straight away I got in, I got into the ground sat down and then all of a sudden they score luckily it was um 
offside and you're like right right reds that's a that's a that's a wake-up call if ever i've seen one sorted <laughs> out what's going on and that was kind of the general consensus in the cop around me like what the fuck's happening wake up uh but then now it happened again like a minute a minute or so later and and they scored a good goal but just the calamity of errors from liverpool like just what he is doing trent taking a bit of a hefty touch and and the uh, like he did for the disallowed one, and the, and and he scored. And I don't know. I mean, it's you can say it now with the game done that it was maybe a good thing because it woke us up a little bit and and, and made he, I suppose made us wake up in a way that um that the best way I guess. But it was it, it wasn't great, was it? The the whole the whole first three minutes was a bit of a bit of a car crash, really. Yeah, and I, you know, it, it annoys me a bit because it's the first game of the season at Anfield. You know, you look, for, everyone looking forward to it. You know, the the crowd is up for it, and you you would think that the players, you know, want to go out there and just fucking, you know, get into it straight away. But it was signs from last season when we looked sloppy and naive, if you if you like. And I, I don't like that. It's it's like we are having you know too much self confidence or you know belief or you know in ourselves and just think that. Yeah, we can we can do it. We don't need to do hundred percent. Do we can go eighty, and we still do it. But if if you think like that or go out like that against teams coming down for like Bournemouth, you know you will be punished straight away. And I hate that because the, the the least you can actually expect from players is to actually give everything. You can have a you can have a bad you know game in when it comes to you know whatever you do, it might not be your game. But as long as you actually fight in running and showing belief and you know show that you want to win. I respect that more. Like, but if it looks like very, it's, I wouldn't say like you don't care, but it looks like you're not turned on. You're not there hundred percent. It's like you're somewhere else. That really annoys me. So the first, you know, three five minutes when all that happened, I was just like, "What the fuck is going on? Someone needs to sort this out very quick, because we can't continue to do this this season. Because if we do it." it won't be any Champions League football next season again because we will be too much punished and not get the points that we need to get into the top four or even, you know, uh, challenge for the title, which is what we want and what is our goal, I guess. But if we continue to do this, it, it won't happen. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. If it was, a, I mean, even if we play start a game like that against Newcastle on Sunday, for example, or if it was Man City or whoever else, we're going to get punished by a couple of goals and then the task of coming back from 2-0 down is, is, is doable, but it's a whole a whole load more difficult to um, to do it. And I mean, even after that, Alisson gets a yellow on nine minutes for coming out to, <laughs> to stop one of the attacks. And, and uh, you, you basically, your ass is clenching at that point because you're like, fuck's sake, if he gets a, a red there or if they get round them and score and it's 2-0, it's just like... Yeah, pretty pretty horrific. But I think those three things, along with Liverpool not being that great overall, kind of did spark us into life. And I mean, we'll talk about like Zobersly and stuff um, in more detail a bit later. But him, along with some of the other lads, just kind of thought, well, right, fuck this. We need to get back in this game and just keep just keep going and turn the screw. And it didn't actually take that long. To get to get back on the game, Luis Diaz, with a with a lovely finish just before the just before thirty minutes, um, nice little ball through, and Jota takes a touch, plays it in, and Diaz just improvisation flicks it up, and then little volley, just a, a lovely, lovely goal, and two goals in 
two games for him. Alec, I put a tweet up like saying like one of the criticisms of Diaz was he needs to he needs to score more goals, but and he needs to be more more Mane like as well, like running inside, causing more chaos, linking up play. I think he's he started the season very well, and that and that was a a lovely goal, but a, a very important goal to strike back with still 15 minutes to play before the the half ended as well. Yeah, and you know, with that start, as we mentioned, to actually, you know, get to control the game and not stress. Uh I like that because it felt like after they scored and we had that, you know, <laughs> uh that start that was just chaos. Uh we, we took control of the game and we I felt like okay now now we got the you know the uh, the time to actually, you know, just control it and don't stress, even though we need to chase, obviously, because we won't uh, go down. But I felt like we a goal will come as long as you just have patience. And that happened as well. And it was a great goal, as you mentioned. It was really nice. And it was good to have that goal before, you know, halftime, like you said as well, because you felt like, okay, now we're back. It's 1-1. Now we can just keep on controlling this and go at them, have the patience, find the ways, find the, you know, the right passes. Don't, you know, overthink. So from that moment when we scored 1-1, I felt, you know, we were in control uh, most of the game. But it's still, obviously, they had a few chances. You know, they they managed to break through and run with the ball through our midfield and stuff like that. So it was still not, you know, like we were controlling it all and I felt secure and safe. It felt more like, yes, we were in control, but we, we still gave away some, you know, situations, which is quite stupid in my opinion because it's too dangerous. You can't do it. You need to be better of, you know, making sure that it doesn't happen. But, uh, you know, like you said, great goal and 1-1. And, uh, you know, from there I felt, Okay, we can do this. We just need to be patient and doing the right things, taking the right decisions. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what we did. And I mentioned um, Zabaslai before, and he's the he's the man that wins the pen. I mean, maybe a slightly dodgy pen in terms of. I mean, who the fuck knows anymore? Because the officiating, <laughs> the, the officiating so far, not just the Liverpool games. I mean, there's been a few. In Liverpool games, even in two games, decisions where you're like, what is going on there? But just generally across the board, they've been pretty horrific. But you've got to take them when they come your way because you know for a fact, I mean, and we'll discuss one later, a, a, a red card, which is an, one that went against us. So you've got to take them when they go for you. Um, yeah, so Boz like goes in, does makes a little nice turn, goes over a bit easy, but he gets the pen. And we've talked about Salah and pens mm. quite, quite, quite a lot of quite frequently I'd say I quite I suppose maybe too much for um what's required but I think we were maybe discussing it like what's going on he's a great pen taker but we'd never feel com- comfortable with him with his run up etc etc but he, he misses it he scores after of course which is the which is the main thing he he, he backed it up and, and went straight in and, and got it but he's now missed three out of his his last five which isn't great I mean before that he was he was always scoring them. He was very, very reliable. But yeah, I mean, what's your thoughts then on on the miss? Like do you think it's do you think it's time for maybe to give Macher a go, Zabozlai, Trent, I don't know, whoever else, someone else a a go? Because because of I mean, I think when you get like when he misses like one and then he misses the second one, you're like you've got to keep keep faith with him I guess because he is our goal scorer and he wants to score as many goals as he can of course he's chasing records constantly but you've got to think about like the team as well like you can't be going in to games and getting pens and then 
shitting yourself that Salah's going to miss them, especially in, <laughs> if it's a Man City or whoever else or big games in the Europa League and the, in the domestic cups, you need to be slotting the pens first time and not relying on rebounds. So what, what are your thoughts on the whole Salah stuff and missing three out of the last five? Well, that's the thing. Like previously, he had the you know statistics to back him up. You know, he scored the penalties. You know, he wants to score them because he wants to have as many goals as he can. Like you said, you know, because he's he's our goal scorer, and obviously he want to break records. And you know, just climb on that ladder. You know, in the table of goal scores in Liverpool history, as much as he can as well. So I understand the eagerness of you know taking the pens, but I I've had like as much as I love. Salah, you know, and one of the greatest plays that we ever had, one of the greatest plays in the Premier League history in terms of, you know, the way he scored goals from the position he scored goals, the, you know, the trophies he won, the teams he's been playing in and all that. He's always been like a, a star of the teams. Uh, but, you know, as much as I love him, I also think that, you know, he's, you know, he's the way he hits a ball and, you know, the way he's shooting that he's, you know, shooting technique if you like has it's never been good it's never been clean it's never been like you've seen you know you, you're thinking of the the players that you've seen you know having proper shots like you've seen obviously we can talk about Gerard and all them kind of stuff and you know he was great um you know shooting passing and stuff but Salah doesn't really really have a clean like a clean touch a clean um, shot or whatever. So when he goes in, you know, up for penalties, and you know, I can remember sometimes you can even see like players like back in the days, like Michael Owen, not having like a clean shot. He was great in placing the ball into corners, like he had that naturally coming to him. Like he didn't have to hit them hard. He used to have to keep them, you know, keep them away from the goalkeeper in an angle, or used to curve them around or whatever. He was great, like a finisher. Same with Robbie Fowle, even though I think his shot was better. But you know, Salah has had. Great shot sometimes, like the, the one against Chelsea. Uh, you know, there's a, a one against Everton, one against Roma. I remember, you know, in the Champions League, this, it's a few times that you think, like, you know, we had a proper rocket going in. But you know, in majority, he doesn't have that. Like, and I, he even had like a finish against Bournemouth where he could just actually put as much power behind the shot uh, as possible. But it's just like a little nudge on the ball and the goal is not even tested. Um, and I think that also comes up when he goes up for the pens. Even if this is a hard one, it's just, you know, in the middle and the, and the goalkeeper is still in that position and in that area so he can actually save it. But it's just like when we have seen other players like Milner and, you know, they, they we know that they are very precise, they're accurate, they know what corner they want to, you know, blast the ball into. It's like... You, it's impossible for a goalkeeper to even reach it. it you need, like a player like Milan need to miss the pen, you know, or the goal. Sorry, the goal to you know not have it uh, being a goal. So I wanted to score as many goals, but I just don't feel safe. I don't feel I can trust him at the penalty spot. What do you think? Because I, I think it's an issue if it's more of a selfish point of view than what's best for the team, like you said as well. And that's why I think you know. I wouldn't mind someone like McAllister going up and having it because, you know, he's taken them for Bournemouth, uh, for Brighton before. Uh, and, you know, he just seemed to have a great awareness of where to place the ball from the penalty spot. I, I don't think Salah has that and really never had. But it's just that he scored a goal, so the statistics, like I said, backed him up. But now, it you know, starts to be something that is it's worrying you every time he steps up. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I feel like he'll, if a conversation happens... Which I, I imagine it will. Like if it comes up again, 
Salah will say, I'll, I'll, I'll still back myself to score, but I don't know. I think you saw him after the game, like going up to Neto and saying, Oh, you've saved two of mine uh, recently, having a joke with him. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, maybe a change for a couple, again, a couple of times, maybe the next three or four, and then you can revert back, give Salah a bit of time off, and then you can put him back on him when he's. I suppose this because it's probably it's playing on his mind, isn't it? Because a couple of times where he's been, he's trying to be too precise and then doing that. He's he knocked one wide and um, he missed this one, but he got the rebound. Um, still, I mean, hitting the target's better than the one he did where he literally put it wide. Uh, that was that was pretty terrific. Mm-hmm. That was Bournemouth last time, weren't it? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe a temporary change might be the middle ground, and then you and then you come back to it. But um, like we said, to get the goal. Still, he he still made the run and still got it in. Yeah, still slotted it just before half time as well. Went went into half time two one, and then just I just want to talk about Salah's numbers like like we always do because I think I feel like you've got to appreciate this man while he's while he's around. That was his one hundred eighty seventh Liverpool goal in three hundred and seven appearances, which is just ridiculous. Like he's not, he's not he was level with Gerrard on one hundred eighty six, but now he's gone one clear in like half the amount of games which is just ridiculous the next person in his sight is Billy Little who got 228 so he needs what 40 42 goals to go fourth so I mean it's a, probably a big ask to do that this year but I mean if he's sticking round Gordon Hodgins on two four one, so that's a bit even more difficult that's like 60 odd away 50 late 50s 60 away so that, I mean it's that, even that's still doable but it depends how long he's sticking around but I just wanted to make the point like to appreciate Salah because I think it's one of them like he every time someone says he was the, like, he was the best player in the world or who's your top 10 and Salah's never mentioned and I always just think it's hilarious like because he is he is that good he, and I mean, us as Liverpool fans appreciate him, but it's, I still don't think, and I always say the same thing, like he's, he's not appreciated Premier League, even in the Premier League for for the stuff that he's done and the, the goals that he scored, really. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I moan now because I don't think his, you know, uh, touch or his, uh, you know, shooting ability from the penalty spot is good. But if you look at the whole thing, like I said before, he's always been the star man in the team. He scored loads and loads of goals for us, won us everything. So, you know, I love the man. I appreciate him. I, you know, think he's a Liverpool legend. He will go down as one of the best in, you know, the club's history. So there's nothing, you know, taking nothing away from him there. It's just that I, you know, I'm a bit concerned that he's our penalty taker uh, at the moment. Uh, you know, being in that position where we're not feeling safe when he's taking the penalties, that's my only problem. But, you know, if he continues to step up, being, you know, believing in himself, doing it, you know, fine and he continues to score then you know he will turn my opinion around but at the moment like I said because he missed three or five um you know penalties should be scored it should be you know no pressure on the goalkeeper it's a pressure on the goal uh, on, on the on the large staying at the penalty spot so you know if you have have that kind of statistic now then you maybe should be like a next time I might just step down and let someone else take it but we'll see because obviously he will like I said he want to score the goals so we probably see him if we get a penalty let's say against Newcastle then obviously he will step up I don't see it changes like that straight away because obviously now he scored on his own rebounds and the goal that matters so we'll see yeah it's I mean it's definitely uh it's fine because we won the game I think if he if he misses that pen or he hits it wide or whatever and it remains 1-1 at half-time, I still think we probably win the game. But 
it makes it all more difficult. It's that it's those key times, and I mean, I, I guess it's always a key. Every moment in a game is a key time, but like when you get yeah. a pen, it's like the, it's a perfect opportunity. It's the easiest chance you're going exactly. to get a goal right before yeah. half time. So we need to. It's it's a perfect sure. situation. Yeah, it's a perfect situation to you know get yourself back in the game or actually go and win a game. You know, or you know even yeah. even get like a point from a game where you're you're losing at the moment. It could be in the end of the game, whatever. So a penalty, it's a such a perfect situation. Just like all right, now we got we actually get something from this. Yeah. Uh, so it. You know, I know penalties will be missed, but it's like it needs to be scored. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it is like a chance to actually go and get a point, even win a game or, you know, get them back into a game or whatever. So it's such a vital moment to get the momentum in a game to score a penalty. Yeah, it's it's absolutely huge. But thankfully, he did. we went in at halftime 2-1. Um, yeah, I just want to jump. I just want to jump straight to the McAllister thing because... I feel like this might take quite quite a bit of time to <laughs> to talk about. I, um, mm. Yeah, I mean, for me, I was like tw- like twenty rows back in the cop. Great view of it. I think in real time, it was very fast. It was very quick um, because of the the speed the ball was at. The speed both of them were running at that, running in at the ball. At I thought it just looks like a bit of a collision. But I mean, I'd look at half time and it's like. It's ridiculous that he's given them a red card so quickly as well. VAR have looked at it. It's like, what is actually going on? Like what? Like, I mean, there's the Onana thing for um, um, for for United for United, and then you're like, what's? It's just so much. Like I said, there's so many moments where you're like, what? There's, the referees made a mistake. Fair enough, but what are you then doing, VAR? What are you? What are you seeing? Where you're going, nah, sound that. Like, at what yeah, point are you, are you are you accepting that that just because? And it's all about like saving face. Like, well, obviously, we're going to appeal it and stuff. And then you're like, it should be rescinded. But are they just going to be like, nah? We we can't be shown to be weak. We need to back up our decisions. But in doing that, you, what are you? I don't I don't see the point in it because you you just need to go right. Yeah, we fucked up there. I mean, we fucked up loads. We we fu- we fucked up again. We'll try and lessen the fuck ups. But um, yeah, what were your views on it? Because it was. I mean, I think I think their manager said it was a, an orange card, which I always keep hearing like in between a yellow and a red. But mm. for me, it was a. It's just a solid yellow. It's just a solid yellow card. Hard tackle. Referee was in the way. Macher had to bend his run a little bit to get in there. But it's it's a yellow, it's just a yellow card, isn't it? It's the it's the most blatant yellow card I've ever seen. Yeah, I can I can get that the referee, you know, in the time being where it happens, it looks, you know, like a very like a dangerous tackle, and it goes quick, like you said, and it, and it seems like being more force into it than it was maybe. But that's what that's what you got VAR for, you know, to be able to just say in the microphone that can you please have a look at it? I'm not going to show any red card or give any card. Before I'm actually sure, because you know I saw like this. But if you look back and it, you just give you give a few seconds, they can say you know it's you know. I think, in my opinion, it's a yellow card. Like you said, it's a straight yellow card. Just no problem. Just you know, it's a it's a dangerous one. It's a yellow card booked, but I don't think it's a red card because it should have been higher. It you know it's they kind of collide, not in the same way, but almost. It's not like you know straight on the leg or straight on a foot or whatever. So I think it's very. It's very hard to give a red card. And I think that VAR should be able to just go in and say in that time, you know, help the referee out and say, 
you know, it's not a red card, it's yellow. Um, because that's my opinion. And, you know, like you said as well, now when it is a red card and he's facing three games ban and they, you know, going to try to overturn it, um, you know, it's 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 put the referees, you know, everyone, you know, uh, in a position to take decisions, um, you know, in a, in a, in a funny situation, because like you said as well, if, if they say, oh, it's a red card, then he's got banned for three uh, games and, you know, other situation in the Premier League happens like that, it will be a red card because you can't just, you know, have different kind of, I know everything can't be 100% correctly all the time, but, you know, then you have very different ways of uh, how you uh, see uh, and look at a situation like that. And if they obviously say, well, he gets one game ban and they, you know, take it back like that or whatever happens, it says, you know, it's it kind of look may make them look stupid as well, and you know it's it's very it's a difficult one. But I I agree with what many people have said and Klopp said as well. Like the the punishment to play in with ten men for thirty minutes or whatever it was or forty minutes uh, thirty minutes, um, it's it's you know punishment enough when you look back at it because I don't think you know three game ban is something that should be uh, applied to McAllister because yes it's it's a tough tackle but it shouldn't be a red card and to lose him for three games going forward it's a massive massive punishment for us for what happened so you know it's a i've i've, I've listened to many people and you know I, i've listened to gareth Roberts uh last night on this is Samfield talking to paul cope as well about the situation i totally agree with what they said about var how it's used you know how the way referees are and stuff so it's you know, uh, very good opinions there, but I just agree with everything uh, on that because it's in, it's annoys me that VAR is there, but it's not used in the way it should be used, and it's it's more irritating because it takes away all the emotion from the games as well when it comes to goals. But in this situation, it should be just helping the referee referee in the game. Don't come in with stupid things like you know we 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 don't use it in this situation or we. I don't know. It's just something is very weird when we use it nowadays. Like this should be a situation where they just help him out. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, and I think like we were saying about the penalty, like if Salah doesn't score and, and whatever else, that that's our own fault. Like this one. McAllister gets sent, if McAllister gets sent off, if the game's still two one at that point, if Bournemouth then end up getting a, a result, if they end up getting a draw or winning, this is then blown up into a massive thing where we've got other fella sent off wrongly. We've then dropped points because of it. it. They've got away with it a little bit because we start we still managed to win the game. So it's kind of it's still a big issue, but it's been blown over yeah. by a couple of percent because of the result that we still got the result. Um 
But yeah, if that's not rescinded, then I mean, seeing other decisions, like I said, the Onana one against Wolves and stuff, and uh, even United against Spurs, like United should have had a pen because as as much as that pains me to say, like you just want to see consistency. And I saw a couple of tackles similar to or worse than McAllister's in in the in the Everton game, and you just like. What's going on here? Not nothing happens. The Arsenal game. There's the same. You you need to have a yellow card if you're doing fake. Imagine any yellow card motions in the air. Exactly. It happens sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. And then I think um, there's yellow card for someone taking eight seconds on a throw in, but the person before him had the ball took like eighteen seconds. And you're just like, where where are we drawing the line here, lads? Are you just doing it where as and when? And it's not just Liverpool. It's it's a it's every club's suffering because of this. A lack of decent officiating, and I, th- I just think like it's 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 obviously going to keep battening, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know where we where we go from there to be honest. But the, <laughs> the main thing the main thing we need is we need that red card rescinding because McAllister's is is key for us, and especially going to Newcastle and the other games we've got. It's going yeah. to be very important in them in them games. Um, but I think also that this rule about you know book someone who you know simulates a booking for another player is so weird because I don't say it's right, but you're doing it in a, in a moment. It's an emotional thing. You, you're not thinking. It's just a reaction in that moment where you get fucking fouled quite badly, and you just do it. Just show like that kind of tackle is a yellow card, and it's still up to referee to decide. Even though he doesn't give a yellow card, it's fine. But if you're gonna give a yellow card to someone showing that like reaction with a yellow card for someone else, then you have to do it every time. And like you said, it didn't happen in the Arsenal game. You have to make sure like as soon as someone do it, you have to do it every time. I just think they should just fucking bin that rule because it's not something that people just do like thinking of it too much. It's in the moment as a reaction, like and it's fine. I, I don't mind because it's still up to the referee to just say, stop it. And you don't have to give a yellow card. You just don't, you know, if they surround the go, uh, the referee, like, you know, the Barcelona teams used to do or, you know, that kind of stuff. If, you know, all players just come around the goal, uh, the fucking hell, I'm saying goalkeeper all the time. Fuck no. <laughs> the referee to try to affect his decision in that way to put pressure on him that's something that could give you yellow cards to, you know, certain players. But for someone just showing that because they were really fouled badly. It's just a reaction. Just leave it and let the referee say no. Don't do that and move on with it. But if you don't give yellow cards when someone do it at some points, and you give yellow cards to in an, to to plays in another game, you can't have it like that. It's just fucking massively stupid. Yeah, I mean the one thing I will get behind is the kicking the people kicking the ball away is now a yellow. Yeah, yeah of course. I'm, I'm, but I'm but that's massive... interrupted. That's interrupted yeah, yeah. the game and all that. That's another yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that's the only positive I can say. I'm, I'm a big fan of that one because that pisses me right off when people do that and they get away with it. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, that's like 1% decent. The rest of 99% of the officiating has been absolutely shit. So sorted out. Uh, but look, I mean, like, we're going to get onto the goal and stuff. It's lo- it's lucky that we, I mean, I, I guess it's not lucky because we, we, we played well and we got and we got the result and we, we deserved the win. But it was in the way that we got the red card and then we. We pretty much scored straight away. Um, it kind of just like solidified everything, and then we've had Endo coming onto the field, and it was we just felt a bit gal- galvanized, and it kind of it helped us focus. I think the red card because it was like right, we've been we've been fucked here by the ref. We need to make sure that we win this game just for everyone on the ground and first game back at Anfield and um, officiating shit. So we need to make sure we win this game. So I think that to get that goal straight away. And we keep mentioning 
There's Obersly, he was key again. Nice little interplay with Trent, and he has a shot, takes a little deflection. And then Jota, as Diogo Jota always does, he's ready to, to pounce and get on the end of it. But a, a great a great little finish, and yeah, and a, a perfect time to, to get the goal with half an hour left and then leaving us to dig in for the rest of it. But yeah, nice little play, weren't it? And I'm just waiting for I'm waiting for Zobersly to just catch one one day. It's going to happen at some point. Hopefully Newcastle on Sunday where he just catches it like he's... We saw clips of him doing for, for those other teams where it just cl- catches it so sweetly and it goes top corner. But um, yeah, perfect timing for the goal winner, going especially after the red. Yeah, I think, you know, that's the best, like, answer you can give at that moment when you get the player sent off, uh, you know, incor- uh, incorrectly and just to go and actually score to make sure that we you can just focus and, you know, stay safe and reorganise. Because I think the red card, like you said, helped us be more organised and focused, and which is which is wrong in one way. You should do that from the start. But it's also make you feel like you need to be, you know, on the edge all the time because, you know, otherwise you will be punished because now you play with 10 men. But I think, you know, to score that goal just kind of kills them off a bit, even if they had a few chances after, because they think that they got like maybe a chance getting into the game again, but we make sure that that little hope they had is just, you know, killed straight away by scoring that goal. And it's a great goal. It's a great play and it's a great, you know, uh, position for Soberslai and, you know, take a shot and you, like you said, you you wish that he get this perfect shot that you just go straight up into, the, you know, top corner. But, it's just one of them. It's a great play. He takes a shot. It's a deflection. It's a goal from Jota because he pops up, like we said so many times before, in a position where we know that he can be. He's a you know a reader of the game. He knows that he got a chance to be there. So I just felt you know relief when he scored that goal and was very happy because I felt now we can actually see it out a bit and especially with a few changes afterwards as well. You know with. Uh, uh, trend going off, even though he had a little bit of a knock or whatever. It seems like it shouldn't be any problems. But just to have Joe Gomez actually coming in and being more more solid and more defensively you know minded if you like because you can also feel that even though he hasn't had like the best seasons after he actually had his great seasons when we won the premiership and all that he he's still a solid defender you know what you get from him so i was kind of feeling it might be just the right decision even though trent had his knock to actually bring on Gomez and make sure that we just now just take it easy we three one up we don't have to stress keep the ball but as soon as they actually come at us we got like defenders in the right position to defend this and I kind of like that I felt like we were more secure when he came on as well without taking any way, anything away from Trent because obviously want him to play but it's just like at that moment it felt like the right decision anyway. Yeah, to see the game out so is it's always decent to have someone who's more defensive minded and we, we might as well talk about Endo then because he came on and um, yeah, nice to see it was, I think there was a bit of panic that he wasn't cleared internationally before the game and then LFC um, Twitter account straight in with the yeah he's in and um, yeah it was lo- lovely to see him come on and yeah there was a lad next to me it was funny because he was like as soon as Endo's first touch and pass he was like he was like oh yes what a fucking touch lad and I was just like the whole like <laughs> bit around was just erupted in laughter but just just little things like that where like someone can come on the field like that and I mean all he has to do is keep it all we want him to do is keep it as simple as possible win the ball. And that's what he did. He played a few passes, got us stuck into a few times. But he's he's been at the club for twenty minutes. At that point, he's literally just got here and he's on the he's on the field um, in a game where we need to see that we need to see it out. And he, I thought he's done well for considering 
the circumstances and obviously 10 men and they had loads more space and stuff. But he, he, he made a good uh, account of himself in his first half an hour as a Liverpool player, didn't he? Yeah, I think, you know, what he what he achieved in that short period of time, I think, you know, it looks like he knows his position, he knows his tasks, you know, he knows what he's there to do. So, you know, even though it's the Premier League and you could see in some situation, maybe, you know, the physicality of the game took him by surprise, maybe a little bit. He's not, you know, he's not the biggest lad, but at the same time, he will learn, you know, that's for everyone who comes into this league, you know, to learn the, that you need to, you know, put in a you know, tackles and fight if you want to win the ball. But, you know, I think, like you said, he kept it simple, knows his position, know what he's there to do. So I hope and I think that, you know, Liverpool and Klopp knows about him and have, you know, known about him for for quite a long time. They know what they will get from him. Uh, so I'm just looking forward to have someone who can actually balance it up for us in the midfield for uh, for the future because we need that, even though they, if there might be someone else coming in before the transfer window closes, we got someone who we know that can do that job and will just be the destroyer of the game and then give the ball to our more creative players without saying he can't be creative. It's just that we got that person who knows what he's there to do. Like he, he don't care about, you know, being flashy or the star man or whatever. He just want to fucking put in a fight, win the ball and make sure that he gives it to someone else and then we go and score. And I love that. I love that mentality. Uh, that's the, that's the feeling I get of him anyway. Yeah, I think it's like Fabinho done for so long. Um, I mean, the whole thing, like Klopp saying, like ordinarily we wouldn't have signed someone this age and stuff. I feel like with the Caicedo and Lavia stuff not happening, he probably got the green light from FSG to go for a player that he likes regardless of age. So, I mean, it's a change for Liverpool. And Klopp said like he's came into his the twilight of his career. Oh, not the twilight, sorry, like the prime of his career in like a later stage, I guess. He's a bit of a late bloomer, I think, was the phrase that Klopp used. So, yeah. Even if he comes in and does a job for a couple of years, I, I still do think we need another another player in there, and I still think we need a centre back as well to for that left sided um, centre back just to kind of mix yeah. and match maybe. But um, yeah, I think he made a good account of himself, and, and and it was good because Liverpool went on and retained the three one win, which is ideal, perfect, hundred percent ratio win. 100% win ratio for Mataro Endo. So, uh, <laughs> perfect. But, I mean, I said before, I don't want to talk about Sobberslai. Um I don't want to take too long, but we, I think we need to talk about, like, just, I mean, we've talked about little bits that he done, but just overall how good he was in this game. And uh, especially when we went down to 10, he was just like a man possessed. I think after the game, he said something like he had to clop out of the way with them saying like you need to be a bit more reserved stop running everywhere legging it with the ball and trying to close down and whatever just be a bit more chill but he was he was he was very good weren't he and it's it's nice to see in just the second Premier League game that his Anfield debut he can he can turn up and, and produce stuff like that and just be very just so elegant on the ball and like workhorse strong great passer obviously great shot he's just got all the things that our number eight should have. I mean, Navigator showed it in fits and starts for us, but he was always injured. So, Sobersly could hopefully be that man that can kind of drive us forward and have those shots on the edge of the box that get the third goal. Like, I think maybe the last couple of years, we haven't maybe had that person available in the team enough that's going to go right. I could cross it in here, but I'm just going to have a, I'm just going to have a ping instead. And if there's a few deflections, if the, if it goes in, if the keeper saves it, someone can go in and, and do what Jota did and, and follow up and and get the goal. But he's done a lot of good things in the game, didn't he, to to get help us get the win? Yeah, and I I love it's only his second 
game for us and he's still you know he looks already like he's you know played for us a couple of seasons and like you said he's got the he's got the body and the muscles for it he's got the speed it's got the technique he's got the aggressiveness and all that kind of stuff that just comes with it and it's great with his both feet I, you know, he's only 22 as well. So you're just looking forward to what's to come. And if he can continue to develop like this and play like this, you know, in the games that comes now and help us to get over the line, winning winning against Newcastle away, even if it's a tough task and, you know, being that number eight, like you said, um, you know, we have we have a player, you know, on our hands for a, for a long future that can actually go, you know, win us titles because that's... Someone even, you know, wrote on Twitter and said, you know, you, you get some kind of feelings of a, of a Gerard type even though you know comparing anyone to Gerard is not you know you can't do it because Gerard will always be Gerard but you can see things in him that reminds you of Gerard and that obviously makes you feel like come on this is a player a proper player that we have so I'm just looking forward to him playing for us every every game and I love the way that he said you know that he ho- hopes to play a thousand times for us you know again so you know it's a it's a it's the it's the great mentality of a player uh, saying the right things obviously but also who wants to play for Liverpool to, to feel that I'm at the right place I mean I'm with the right manager I'm at a club that is massive you know got the great history uh, got a great team that can achieve things now and obviously that's so much more important to us as supporters and, and the club than you know any kind of Caicedo player who just goes for the money <laughs> <laughs> I love that you ended on that but yeah, it's, yeah. it is nice it is nice that there are people saying like they, like they want to play for us and they want to stay for ages and whatever and that they're very good as well so yeah. I mean yeah what a player what a player uh, yeah and like I said we got, we got the results and like I said last week now for the last couple of weeks, like we're doing like a score prediction league in the WhatsApp group, and um, yeah, I think I think Doug's like I don't know what how, but Doug's cheating somehow because he's got two perfect scores so far. So <laughs> I don't know if he's on to like getting a little cheeky DeLorean and going back in time, going forward in time, not, not back in time, make sure going forward in time, um, <laughs> and then coming back in time to, to get his predictions in. But he's he's got two perfect scores so far. So obviously, perfect score, you get three points. If you get the result right, you get one point. So Doug's top with six points, the lucky bastard. And then you've got Steve's on four, Yuki, Freddie, Aiden, and Kevin are on three. Your good self and Tyre on two points. And I'm on one point because I got, I, I think I, yeah, no, I predicted. Th- no surprise. I predicted, <laughs> predicted, is that, was that Barat there? Uh, I oh, predicted. Almost. <laughs> I predicted 3-0 and obviously 3-1. Uh, I was good because you said, did you say 4-1? You said 4-1, didn't 4-1. you? 4-1, yeah, yeah. I was, after you said that, I was like, shall I go 3-1? And I, I should have. That was my first thought and I didn't. I was being too being too optimistic about the Reds, obviously. Think that would keep a clean sheet and that, they ruined that within fucking three minutes. So I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. learn from the mistakes yeah. last, next time. I was laughing for myself when that happened. Even though I wasn't laughing because of the situation, I was thinking of your prediction. I was like, it's yeah, gone. Yeah. Like, ah, Mick's fucked it up again, being too optimistic, fuck's sake. But yeah, like I would say, if you want to get involved, I mean, if you join the WhatsApp group now, you'll be a bit behind, but if if you've got Doug level skills of prediction, then you can always catch up. So if you do want to join the group, then yeah, like I would say, Copy Podcast, at Copy Podcast with Twitter and Instagram, um, or get in touch with me or Christian, and we can add you to the group, no probs. Um, And just another thing before we go, the football content awards are open um and yeah if you'd like to help us out or give us give us a little cheeky vote then then you can all you have to do is either on instagram or twitter just put i am voting 
in the FCAs for Copy Podcast in the best po- best podcast, and then just put in brackets Premier League, or you can go over to the website, which might be easier, which is footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting, and then you, all you do is you scroll down in the in the topic just put a drop down box click on it click on best podcast and then in the premier league box just type in the copy podcast and press press send and then that's that's all that literally there's no emails involved you just go on type it in press send and it's it's off in there so if you want to go and do that and help us maybe get nominated for best podcast i mean it'll be a tough ask because there's so many big ones out there especially premier league wise um but if you want to help us out i mean a lot of people have already on twitter uh, and instagram and stuff so if you want to if you want to do that footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting and then yeah just type in copy podcast in the premier league section of best podcast um lad we can leave it there it's nice to, it's nice to be back talking to you it's nice to be back talking about liverpool winning games it didn't happen as much as we wanted last year, we'd always come on here and be like, ah, <laughs> oh, fucking hell, another loss, another draw, whatever else. And and the last season sorted us out a little bit, but I feel like this game was a, a clear indication that Liverpool have got a bit more about them than the middle of last year where we shit our pants if we want, went 1-0 down. We had a bit of energy, a bit of a bit of anger in there, which I like, a bit of passion that we, we want to see. Um, hopefully we can take that into Newcastle on Sunday, but we'll try and do that obviously ahead of Sunday. Um maybe on maybe on Friday or or maybe Saturday or something like that. Um because we have got some I mean I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but we have got like potential of some live audio podcasts coming up. Um our providers just sorting out some of the stuff to with with the app, but that might be an option in the coming weeks to start doing some live shows. So we'll we'll let you know more about that as well and we'll try and do those in the future, which is quite exciting. Uh but yeah. Enough from me, enough from Christian. We are out of here. Liverpool won. We'll be back very soon to talk about Newcastle. Thanks as always to Christian. Thanks as always to everyone for listening. Absolute legends, and we'll see you all very soon. Nice one. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Copy Podcast. Network.